Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. I mean, I hate to keep saying it, but nobody sells losing like the Bears. And so I look forward and to make sure that we have constant reminders that we are building an organization here that will be highly successful on the field. Our goal is to win the division every year to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, to represent the NFC, not only in the Super Bowl, but to win a Super Bowl. That's where we are. David Haw. I'm tired of the Bears taking credit for persevering through adversity they created for themselves. Because next year's got to be a, a season in which you identify as a playoff season. That's got to be the goal. And if your standards aren't there after three seasons of Matt Eberflus, you're doing it wrong. I do know this, that the uh, foundation has been set. You know, the standards are set how we operate. I do know that. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. Mully the morning mauler. My man David Haw. I love it. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Good Friday morning, January 12th. What a day in the city of Chicago. A blizzard on the way, a flurry of sports activity. We've got the Cubs convention. We've got the Ring of Honor ceremony. We've got the Bears chasing an offensive coordinator. We've got legend after legend leaving the coaching profession. Goodness sakes, do we have a lot to talk about today. Marshall Harris will be in for Mully today. Mully has the day off, and we are locked in, loaded for quite a weekend. And prepare yourself accordingly. Snow's coming. It's, it's great now. It was great getting downtown. Everyone's afraid to be on the road, so they were even more open than usual. But it's coming. In, be safe. Give yourself extra time. Get your get your shovels out. Get your snowblowers ready. It is coming, and it will not it will not you know get in the way of some real sports activity in Chicago. I can't wait. This is going to be a great day. I personally am hunkered down. I'm ready to go. I'm staying here. I've got the the Cubs are introducing their new left-handed pitcher, Chota Imanaga, at two o'clock at the Cubs convention. Then there's a nice little gathering. Then they have opening ceremonies. I'm going to that. And then I'm going to the Bulls game. Then I'm staying here. And then tomorrow morning inside the clubhouse at the Cubs convention with Bruce, back with Bruce on Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. Dansby Swanson, Jed Hoare. This is going to be a great day. This is a lot of fun if you love sports in Chicago. The Ring of Honor certainly is going to be a – a ceremony that I think is a little bit diminished without the presence of Michael Jordan. We'll get into that during the pick six. They had a great night at the UC on Thursday. Michael Jordan wasn't there. 
Scottie Pippen wasn't there. Dennis Rodman wasn't there. So I understand why people would look at that and say, eh, how do you have a ring of honor ceremony? How do you celebrate the 95-96 team? How do you induct your first class in your ring, in your ring of honor without those guys? Without those three, especially Jordan, you don't have – a, a, a historic team to celebrate. I get it, and I ad- admit that I was disappointed as well. I don't know that it diminishes it for the people that were there, and I do think that you can look at it whatever way you want to look at it. It's a celebration. It's not an outcome. It's an event. Now, next time, or maybe this time, it would have been better had they consulted Michael Jordan and said, Michael, What's your, what's your calendar look like? What's your schedule look like for January or February? When can we have this? When can you be here? Because when he's in the building, it is electric. And when he is there, it does change the temperature in the room, every room. That goes without saying. They, they put this together in six weeks. It's a great idea. It's a tremendous honor, and they have done this right. Without Jordan Pippen and Rodman, certainly it puts a different spin on it. But you can decide for yourself whether or not you're going to enjoy it or let that ruin it. You're entitled to either option. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be there tonight. Looking forward to it. It would be great drama if Michael Jordan surprised everybody and showed up. I don't know that's going to happen. I don't know if it's not going to happen or if Pippen shows up. But Phil Jackson is there. Judd Bougeler is there. (laughs) Bill Weddington is there. And Steve Kerr will be there as the coach of the Warriors. He was there last night. And Steve Kerr, I think, did his part. He was helping introduce the players with his broadcasting skills that uh, uh, people are well aware of. And he also uh, put into perspective just what it meant to him to be part of the night like the Ring of Honor. It's very flattering. Um, It's really amazing. I, I, I would have hated to have missed this. So the fact that the Bulls did it around our game is um very flattering, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it happened this way. 13 players, coaches, and managers are going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor class tonight at halftime. It's going to be a 25-minute ceremony, I believe. Artis Gilmore, Phil Jackson, Jordan, Johnny Red Kerr, Dick Klein, Jerry Krause, Tony Kukoc, Bob Love, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Jerry Sloan, Chet Walker, Tex Winter, and the 95-96 team, which was 72-10. and 10. Wow. So it's going to be a cool night at the United Center. Good morning, Marshall Harris. Good morning. How are we doing? Uh, I'm, I'm good now that, uh, now, now that I'm here. That's uh, great. I don't know if it's uh, the snow or... Was it the snow? Is it snowing yet? No. It's flurrying. It's, and when I say flurrying, I mean I got hit with like two flurries on the way out the door. Well, that could, that could delay. That could delay a commute. Those, uh, well, those flurries could be heavy. Another thing that can delay the commute is uh, a canceled Uber ride. <laughs> Could do it too. Yeah, so that that's that's where we're at. But uh, I, I am also excited about the Ring of Honor. I'm very kind of torn on it, and I guess I shouldn't be because my expectations are very high because the nature of this, the inaugural class. Yes. And you mentioned Jordan Pippen, Rodman. I, I, I do we have confirmation that no one's coming? I mean, I I saw the video message um, from Michael Jordan. I know about the fallout uh, with Scottie Pippen and the organization. I had assumed Rodman, if anyone, would be here because he likes to like get down like that. Never likes to miss a party. Exactly. So uh, let's let's just see how it plays let's out. See how it goes. But yeah, you know, 
if you go back to the 75th uh, anniversary and the, the top 75 and Jordan making that surprise appearance at the end, I guess something like that could happen. My problem would be he has to already be in Chicago because allegedly, according to my people at my station, he ain't getting in later today. Well, I think that not only your station, I think every station in town, Marshall, is predicting a heavy snowstorm. Yeah. Dare I say blizzard? Possibly. That's a big word. What constitutes a blizzard? Between 6 and 12 inches or 12 inches or more? L- l- lovely for me is that two and a half years living here, the snow has not been bad where I live. No, it's not. It's It's been very minimal. I, m- much more snow in my two years in uh, Pittsburgh, my two years in Cincinnati, and bad conditions. But, hey, I can't wait to see how this ceremony goes. Um, I think it's a great thing. I, I think it's overdue, but... Better late than never? Better late than never, and this is a good idea uh, for the Bulls to celebrate their history and the, the fact that they haven't to this point. Yeah, it's a different conversation, but I think it's good for them to start whenever they start because that that franchise has a tremendous tradition. The dynasty, uh, so many people get nostalgic and can relate to it, and if it's a celebration of that, not having Michael Jordan there does diminish it, and it's disappointing but it doesn't necessarily ruin it to me. And that's my mind, in my mind. I think fans, especially the ones that are going to brave what type of conditions we're talking about there being for this game tonight in terms of travel, that brave it to not see three of the biggest name, but really the biggest name um, and the biggest duo in Jordan Pippen not there it would be such a disappointment. If I don't know what tickets are going for now, like today. We'll, we'll see. Steph Curry's going to be there. I mean, you know, Draymond Green is going to be there. Draymond Green's going to be. It's going to be a moment. I look. I, I know the Jordan Pippen stuff is one thing, but when you're going to the game itself, even though the Warriors aren't the Warriors, you're still getting a chance to see one of the most watchable athletes in professional sports in Steph Curry. And his only t- stop through town. Yes. Unless you know Bulls Warriors. And if you finals. want to get there early, get there early because the Steph Curry pregame workout is a thing. Yes. It's something you want to watch if you are. a Going with your family, if you're taking your son or daughter, get there early because Steph Curry's pregame routine is fun to watch. I've seen it multiple times, having worked out west and uh, covered that team, um, the final game at Oracle Arena. That's right. So it, it is a thing to behold. And seeing it, here's the thing. Seeing Steph Curry on television does not do him justice if he's working on all songs. I agree with that. And I love your Sacramento stories. It's I do. I, I love my Sacramento story sometimes, too. <laughs> By the way, you know who else is here? Luke Longley is in town. from All the way from Perth, Australia. That is tremendous. It has been 10 years since he's been here. He had another 10-year absence before that. He hasn't spent a lot of time in Chicago. But Luke Longley, it was fun to hear from Luke Longley about what this meant to him. Yeah, when we get old, we start looking back and say, looking at the things we've done in our lives that are that are great, and that's probably as, as good as it gets. So it's nice to talk to people who were there and who remember it and who can remember some of the stories that I've forgotten. So that's been, that's been another thing that's been great is just uh, having my memory refreshed. You remember the uh, last dance? Of course. When he was kind of right. overlooked, and then he had his own little moment with the, the aftermath of that. So I think it was almost – I was smiled last night watching that or hearing that where I saw maybe been social media, the Bulls did a great job of, of push it, pushing that stuff out there in social media. You can't help but smile when you see Luke Longley talk because of the way he talks, but also just the, the enthusiasm he has for life. I think 
you know, I, I listened to all those players as they came through and talked to the media, the ones that stopped and, and, and talked to the media. And the sheer joy of this happening, you could tell how much it meant to them, not only that this was finally happening, but to be a part of it. And that's that's really what, what, what this should be about, a celebration of them giving these players uh, and, you know, coaches, staff members, while they're still with us, their flowers in real time, or uh, like I said, overdue, but seriously, never the, the phrase has been more appropriate, better late than never, because you can see a lot of these people having been away, such as Luke Longley, yeah. how much it means to them to kind of recapture that magic of winning championships and being part of such a great legacy for a team. Tony Kukoc still looks great. All those guys look great. So that is at the United Center. Big night ahead, Bulls and Warriors. And you can, of course, hear it right here on the score. So the Cubs, Cubs convention, we're going to hear from Jed Hoyer later today. We're going to interview Jed Hoyer tomorrow morning on Inside the Clubhouse. He can talk about at least he made a deal. The Cubs made a deal. They did sign the pitcher. That was this earlier this week. Uh, Shota Imanaga, the lefty, 30 years old, comes over from the Japanese league to you know be in the middle of the Cubs rotation. But yesterday, a very interesting move with the Dodgers. They made a trade for... Yenti Elmonte, a righty reliever who's been around the league a little bit, reclamation project perhaps. Tommy Hodovy can work his magic with him. But the more interesting prospect is Michael Bush. Third baseman, can play first base. Lefty, kind of blocked by Freddie Freeman, blocked by the Dodgers. And he's a guy that was their number two overall prospect. He's 26 years old. He was the Pacific, Pacific Coast League MVP last year. And, Marshall, I don't know what this means in terms of other moves, but it is one of these sneaky good moves that you wonder. They get a guy who they can control. He's on, he's on the way up. And I don't know what this means in terms of the next move, but I do like this one. I think depth is so important and also getting players who match your timeline for competing. Obviously, they, they gave up young guys, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, high prospects, but one, one high prospect, but – Michael Bush fits what they're trying to do right now. And even if you go out and sign a guy in free agency to play third base or, you know, just to have that competition and a guy who can play multiple positions in Bush, I think it's a great move. As you mentioned, his success in the minor leagues on the way up, the timetable of him being 26 years old, whether he's blocked or not, sounds like a more mature guy. It's not like he's a 23-year-old or a 22-year-old. This is a guy who's been around a few blocks and now has – had a little bit of major league experience. It does make you wonder. The only thing every every deal has two sides to it. You wonder if the Dodgers are willing to let him go. What's wrong with them? And if the Dodgers feel like that he's expendable, why? I, I, I that's the only thing that gives me a little pause. Even though I do feel like if he's blocked and they have all of the players that I, I was about to say, buy, have you seen their roster? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, 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 like like the Cubs are getting ready to make a run. The Dodgers are like we are trying to maximize Shohei Otani. Is that what the Cubs are doing? Are they, are they getting ready to make a run? Well, I I, I know what the Dodgers are doing, uh, uh, and and you see what they're doing with the extra money they saved yeah, with yeah. Otani. So I think we, we got to wait and see what boils down to free agency. I looked around to see, hey, who are these guys represented by? The Cubs might be interested in. That. Oh yeah, that's right, that guy, that guy. Yeah, no kidding. So we're waiting on Cody Bellinger news. We're waiting on Reese Hoskins, perhaps. We're waiting on – I don't know about Matt Chapman now that they have 
Michael Bush in the system or the pipeline. I don't know what that means for that. We'll talk about that during the pick six. Uh, the Bears are busy compiling their interview list for their offensive coordinator position. We talked yesterday. Um, Shane Waldron, the Seahawks offensive coordinator, certainly is a guy who is respected around the league, highly regarded. He was, according to the NFL Network, the Bears asked permission to interview him, and they will be doing that. Clint Kubiak is the next name on the list. It sounds familiar. Yes, he's Gary Kubiak's son, and he's the passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. So that's encouraging because it comes from a winning organization. He also has worked for the Vikings, and he's worked for the Broncos, and he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings in 2021. So he has some experience. He's only 36 years old. Kind of fits the profile, Marshall. Yeah, we go back to timelines and timetables and what you're trying to do and, and how much experience do you have. Uh, I, I love that they're not messing around with QB coaches, you know, that, are, that have no offensive coordinator experience. So we, we've seen that tape. We know what they have to do, whether it's with Justin Fields or what I'm thinking is going to be the number one overall pick. I just want to make sure that everybody's in place that – QB development, really, whether it's Fields or somebody else, it's in place and, and there's confidence because you don't want to start from a, a situation, especially in that locker room, with kind of the second half surge that, you know, that team and those players made to feel like you're starting from scratch. Did I hear you say that you're coming around on the idea that it will be the number one overall pick and that will be the quarterback for the Bears? I know you're a Justin Fields guy. I know that you have gone down swinging. And maybe this is a late concession, but do you, is that where you're at now? It's not necessarily what I would do. I'm a big like, yo, let's build up this offensive line and give him the best possible opportunity. But when you look at the realities of what you can do with a quarterback on a rookie contract from a financial standpoint, what Justin Fields has not shown us yet. I mean, he was still taking sacks his last time on the field, right? Call it, call it recency bias if you want. But In his 38th NFL start. Yeah, so you start mixing up those things. I know he can be dynamic. Right. But you know what they say about potential. It's good enough to get you fired. It's good enough to get you fired, and it got Luke Getzey fired. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, Luke, Luke Getzey got good. Okay. No, 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 no. Luke Getzey got Luke Getzey fired. Don't get me. I'm so happy he's in the rearview mirror. Don't get me started on Luke Getzey because his continued inability to adapt to his talent told us exactly well, I, who he was. I won't argue with that. I, I won't argue with that. But when you look at it from uh, the perspective that you said potential will get you fired, Justin Fields did have opportunities to maximize his potential and didn't. That ended up getting an offensive staff fired. I, 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 I think, think I think they had their own responsibility for that reality, but – it, it, was a, it was a shared responsibility. It's a shared responsibility, but at no point did I feel like the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff largely, which is now empty, void of, a, uh, of guys doing that, did they say, hey, we have a unique talent. We need to make sure he's most comfortable and ha have him have a chance to win games. They were like, why can't you do what we want you to do? Bruh, I get it. You're an offensive coordinator. You get to make the shots. Call the shots, excuse me. But Aaron Rodgers is not sitting in the pocket. Figure it out. Right. 
and, 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 and to fair. see what he did at the start of yeah. last season. I know. And then this past well, season. That was that was where he lost his job. That's where that, that's, that was my point of that's contention. That's where he lost the plot. I agree with that. So the Bears are moving on, looking for an offensive coordinator, likely for a rookie quarterback. And I think that marriage can be a good one, a healthy one. But here's the thing. They're playing in London next year. Did you see this? Yes, yeah, I, 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 I do want to know. I do want to know what you think of this. So yesterday, and we're making way too much of this. Dan Weeder kind of snickered at me during our Take the North podcast yesterday, and the Instagram message about the Bears' announcement of playing in London included the giant face of Justin Fields. And then later in the day, the Bears' website put out a promo for the London game, and it included DJ Moore and Justin Fields. DJ Moore here. What's up, guys? It's Justin Fields. Looking forward to going back to London. Last time I got a win. Looking to do that with us, the Chicago Bears now. Can't wait to get over there and see what the UK is about. But before that, we got to go follow the UK underscore Chicago Bears to check out some cool content. Bear down. It's time to bear down. Okay. How's Justin Fields flying to London? I mean, on the team flight? Or is he, you know, going to be a member of the team the Bears play, or is he going to be backing up Trevor Lawrence and playing there for the Jaguars? What's he, He's not going to be the Bears quarterback in London, is he? Is this false advertising, Marshall? No, I think it's possible. And remember, you're you're on a team until you're not on a team. Okay. They got marketing they have to do. <laughs> How many times have we seen, oh, that guy got traded, but, yo, we still got to unload these bobbleheads. <laughs> is that is that not true? Does I, that not happen? I, I think you can still get a Mitch Trubisky jersey for nine ninety nine at Dick's Sporting. Oh goods. yeah, sure. You we yeah. we've all seen the sale racks. We know how we know how it's a business. And Justin Fields is the biggest star on the Chicago Bears. And even though he might not be on the Bears next season, that doesn't stop him from being the biggest star on the team right now. I get it. I I don't know that it's going to matter, but I do find it amusing that. We're talking about somebody who is likely to be replaced, and they are talking about a game they're going to play in London, and they're using the guy who's going to be replaced as part of the lure. I, I, I'm good with it because I understand how this works. And you understand how it I works, know, too. It's it funny. is funny. It's humorous. It's funny. It's, I can't believe they're doing this, but I get why they're doing this. That's, it, that's my, my feeling on it. Speaking of things that are, were amusing, yesterday the press conference in New England, oh, Bill man. Belichick walks away. An extraordinary day. For the NFL, the NFL's most successful coach ever, the architect of the dynasty, didn't win without didn't didn't win when he didn't have Tom Brady. But I don't think that I don't think that affects his legacy. We'll talk about that during the pick six. But remarkable to see Robert Kraft introduce Bill Belichick, and they're both talking amicably about the parting of company and parting of the ways. And Robert Kraft talking about basically it's going to be tough to see Bill Belichick coach against the Patriots. Like he's already got feelers out there and likely to get another job. He's not an idiot. Bob Kraft knows that B- Bill Belichick will be out there getting his what fourteen more wins to set a new record for for wins uh, for an NFL head coach. I think this was a great a great example of the modern world we live in, not just from a coaching and sports perspective, but a microcosm of society. When you think of divorce now compared to how you think of divorce thirty years ago, right. it's very different. The kids still exist, and you're walking away and understanding, hey, we made this work. These kids are raised. They're productive members of society. Look at our legacy. That's how Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick are looking at this, uh, as they call it, amicable, amicable departure from each other. And they understand, you know, they said, we, we, we exceeded our expectations, 
And Bill Belichick's like, yeah, we sure did. What a remarkable week in the NFL, though. In sports, like all these partnerships just kind of coming to an end. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's inevitable, but Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, all, and it overshadowed the fact that Mike Vrabel was a very good coach for the Tennessee Titans. Oh, he's about to have a new job, too, if he wants one. Which one? Not New England. I had, a, I had a, So I had a conversation, right? Check this. With my friend uh, and former co-worker at uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia about he wanted to know. <laughs> it was hilarious because he was like, so how much do they like Ryan Poles in Chicago? I was like, who's they? The fans? He's like, no, no, no. Ownership. So I had to kind of explain to him how the McCaskies work and right. what it is. He's like, oh, I didn't know it was like that. Okay, never mind. I'm just trying to figure out if there's a chance that they would go after a Belichick guy, even though they have a GM. And I was like, I can't see that here. I can't see that. Yeah, 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 here. But he was like, I'm just trying to figure out who's coming to Philadelphia to replace Nick Sirianni after they get blown out I, on Monday night. I want to explore that. We have the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, and they play Monday night. But if they lose, all bets are off. He'll be the most successful coach ever fired in the NFL. <laughs> Doug Peterson was fired. Doug Peterson had bad times. He won after, a Super Bowl. After, after the Super Bowl, he had the natural, like, uh, okay. what am I, guy making the playoffs we're and gonna, fired? We're going to talk about the playoffs as well during the pick six. We're going to cover all of the big stories because there's a lot of them this weekend. It's going to be a great day in Chicago. Bundle up, buckle up. We're going to be quite a ride. Marshall Harris in for Molly. It's a Molly Haw show. Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to school. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick six with Mully and Haw starts now. All right, gents. Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, the first name emerging in the Bears search for an OC, according to the NFL Network. The second name is Clint Kubiak, passing game coordinator for the 49ers. 
You think, do you think the Bears hire an OC play caller will provide a clue about what direction the Bears are going in regards to QB1? And if you're Waldron or any coach interviewing for this job, do you need to know the Bears' plan before committing? So I think this is off to a good start because the quality and caliber of candidate, they have credentials. Uh, Clint Kubiak has uh, a pretty good reputation around the league, certainly He's known as his father's son and probably is a guy who, if he were not named Clint Kubiak, you wonder if he'd be getting these interviews. I don't know if that's always fair to the candidate. I don't know if that's always fair to assume because of his lineage or his, uh, his, who his parents are that that's why he's getting a job. In the NFL, it happens a lot, so I get the cynicism. But he does have credentials. He was an offensive coordinator, and as you said, Marshall, he, you want somebody who has called plays before. Shane Waldron is even more qualified and even more regarded in terms of around the league. He has done uh, things in Seattle that are appealing. He, they're, you know, the Sean McVay tree. Uh, with Kubiak, he comes from more the 49ers, the Kyle Shanahan. They're very similar in styles, and I like this start. Now, if I'm either one of those guys, I want to know. That's the, that's the second question, basically, of the interview is who's my quarterback? Who do we? Who who am I going to work with? I don't know how the Bears will approach that. I think they'll be vague. I don't know if that will get in the way. I don't think that they're going to declare a lane because of people they won't hire may may share that around the league. But I also think this: it may not be as suspenseful as we're making it out to be in Chicago. I don't know that there's that much of a question about what the Bears need to do. It, at the quarterback position, I think there's an understanding that if they want to get here, and I'm raising my hand toward the ceiling, then they're going to draft Caleb Williams. If they want to stay here, and I'm lowering my arm, <laughs> then they're probably going to stick with Justin Fields. I would want to know either way. Well, I think Marshall made a really interesting comment in that first segment about that we've already played the quarterback coach game, and we don't want that. Now, let's Go from that to the Clint Kubiak name. Okay, so he has Mully's guy Shanahan stink on him. So anybody who's anybody who's even like talked football with Shanahan is being thought about a job on the offensive side. But this goes into the Andy Reid kind of tree and situation. So Shanahan is the head coach, and he calls the plays. He designs the plays. You sit in meetings. You're around him, so you got Shanahan stink on you. Congratulations. You can't call plays. That's why if you're asking me of the two names that we have right now, it's Waldron because he's calling. he calls the plays. Pete Carroll's not calling the plays. Shane Waldron's calling the plays. So based on the names that we have available to us right now, but I think what Olin Krutz told Parkinson Spiegel yesterday, very interesting that how the Bears are going about this is back-end backwards. I agree agree with that. The offensive line coach and the tight ends coach keep their job, and they're staying no matter who they hire. That's a problem. Wait wait a minute. And exactly what did the offensive line do that makes you think that you should hire, keep these guys around? Because it looked like Justin Fields was running. If the great Caleb Williams, Boomer Esiason, is playing behind those five guys up at Lambeau Field. How many times is Caleb Williams getting sacked? At least five. Just like Justin, at least five. Here's what I'll say on this. I like my play callers like I like my chicken. Seasoned 
well seasoned. <laughs> Don't come in here with that bland stuff. And I think both you guys had good points. I'll say this. Shane Waldron, we know he calls plays, right? That That's what he does. I think at this point, Bears fans and just people in general, that'd be me. I'm the general guy. I'm sick of seeing things that don't work when you had a chance to make it work. I would think that Shane Waldron is their guy. And if they can get him, they should. Now, back to the original question in the pick six about should it matter who the quarterback is? I, I would say no, because that was my point. If you're a good offensive coordinator, you're going to be able to scheme it up no matter who's back there, playing to their strengths and their weaknesses. We just had a guy in Luke Getze who could not do that for Justin Fields. I think Shane Waldron is the kind of guy, and you look at who he's had at quarterback, who can revitalize someone or bring somebody in new who knows what he's doing. And I agree with Dustin's point about the offensive line. Do you want Caleb Williams to be the quarterback looking like he was looking against Notre Dame? I don't think so. Honey barbecue or garlic parmesan? I'll take either. Just okay. give me something with some flavor. I just want to know you want some seasoning. That's yeah. Some, that's some good seasoning. David's Ranch, by the way. I mean, yeah, I love ranch. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Boy, that's a good question. That's the voice of Ron Coomer. Coomer will be sitting alongside you guys at 8 o'clock. Check that out on 670 The Score and, of course, on Twitch. The Cubs traded two young prospects over to the Dodgers for the Dodgers' number two prospects, left-handed hitting, third baseman, first baseman, DH, Michael Bush, and righty reliever, Yancy Almonte. Does this deal have anything to do with the Cubs' free agency plans? How much do you envision Bush or Almonte contributing in 2024? Well, let's start with the last question. I think Almonte will be part of the bullpen, and you don't know year to year what the bullpen is going to produce. Who'd have guessed that Julian Merriweather a year ago was going to be as valuable as he became to the Cubs in the back end of that bullpen? Who'd have thought that Adbert Alzali would end up being their closer that you couldn't live without? So I don't know what to expect from Almonte, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the Cubs do once they get him in the lab and do their thing. Tommy Hadovy has a track record of getting uh, people to maximize their potential. As for Michael Bush... Number one, I don't think Jed Hoyer can be done. I'm not sure he got started. This is maybe an incremental start, but it's not a big, it's not a big headline. This is like, oh, interesting. What are they going to do with Michael Bush? Oh, he was blocked. He was in a Dodgers organization that is now spending all the money and blocking all the prospects. So they had to do what they had to do, and the Cubs get rid of two teenagers basically who were, you know, going to be factors down the road maybe. Jackson Ferris was one, the lefty. Now the uh, Dodgers have two pitchers in the organization named Ferris and Bueller. <laughs> oh, man. You've been waiting to been say waiting, that one. Yeah. for that one. But here's the thing. When you want to go full Cub meatball, yeah, I'm going to go there because it's Cubs convention. Maybe Dustin will appreciate this. When you look at the Michael Bush trade, you wonder if it's similar to the Anthony Rizzo trade. Struggling minor leaguer, blocked in his system in San Diego. The Cubs trade for Anthony Rizzo, and look what happened next. Is Michael Bush the next Anthony Rizzo? I ask you that, Mr. Fly the W. Can't wait for the parade. Well, I don't think it's time to plan a parade. I think uh, there's a parade okay. in Ann Arbor this uh, this Saturday. I think Jim's going to be there for one last uh, go around. Jim Harbaugh, that is the Jim I'm referring to. Here's what I think Michael Bush does. I think he provides cover at three positions that the Cubs need cover for. So in case they don't get everybody on their wish list, 
Michael Bush can be that other guy. Here's what Michael Bush can't be. He can't be the the trifecta of what the Cubs offseason ends up being. Okay? It cannot be Craig Council, the Japanese pitcher, and Mr. Bush. That that, that just that's that that's what it cannot be. He cannot be the final piece in the trifecta. He could be like in the in the Quinella, maybe, but not in the try. Okay. okay. You need you need a little bit you need a little bit better. Okay. Maybe, maybe top five, maybe. He provides some cover. Now, very interesting, David, your point about what does this say about him if the Dodgers are willing to release him? At some point, guys are just blocked. He's 26. They don't they don't have a spot for him. So at some point, you say, okay. And the Cubs gave up one of their better guys, but maybe they gave him up because they signed the left-handed pitcher and they figured that now he's blocked for a little bit. Yep. So I like the – it gives cover. It's left-handed pop, something the Cubs need. Left-handed pop. Can't wait to hear what Coom thinks at eight. This absolutely has everything to do with the Cubs' free agency plans because as of now, those plans have not come to fruition. I can tell you that. So – Regardless of who they get, who they don't get, now at least they have got another guy. And that's at the bottom bottom line is you need as much depth as possible. Guys get hurt, first of all, but also guys that match up with your timeline. I think certainly Michael Bush fits that. Uh, you look at Yancy Almonte and you think, okay, another guy who can help them from an arm standpoint. Just get as many arms as possible. That should be every major league team's plan going into uh, a new season. Because as we know, guys get hurt, especially guys who are pitching out of the bullpen. They have down years, especially guys who pitch out of the bullpen. You never know 100% what you're going to get. And whether or not they get Matt Chapman or Reese Hoskins or bring back Cody Bellinger, which is obviously at the top of the wish list, at least now you have another left-handed bat that can play uh, first base, third base, be in the outfield. You've got a guy who can contribute in some way, some some fashion. I know it's just AAA. I'm not calling him a 4A player or anything, but the guy did OPS over 1,000 last year in the PCL. So, I mean, he, he's got a little is, bit of experience. Is he L.A. Matt Mervis? You would hope not. You would hope please, he's please. higher. Why did you even have to say yeah, like that? That, that right? was unnecessary. Why, why I, even speak that? In? Let the texters text just, that in. Why do you have to put that out there, David? It's a radio show. You know, you want me to not say anything. We have I hope this. You ask, I, I hope I, you ask Bruce that tomorrow I, morning I, I inside the clubhouse. Know. We have this platinum platform. I, if you want to use it, I and, don't know. And, and desecrate it in that way, you are <laughs> entitled to do so. I am not going that route, though. I'm just going to talk about the fact that I think there is potential here okay. for this Cubs. Uh, acquisition, but I am hanging on the edge of my seat waiting to see what they do when it comes to the big boys still out there. Speaking of potential and prospects, Pete Crow Armstrong 925. Oh my God, what a question. What a question. That is the voice of Joe Fortenbaum. He'll be here at 744. Get the pencil and the paper out. White Sox A still in cease. Acknowledge on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast the trade rumors he heard from Chris Getz, earlier in the week on a teleconference. I haven't personally talked with anybody. I know, obviously, you want to know, but you can't. There's nothing to know until it happens, and when it does happen, you do know. So it's kind of those things where you're really just, I guess it's almost like a guessing game until it it happens. So, you know, it can be be a lot of different, I guess, emotional experiences. You know, it can be sad one moment. It could be exciting. It can be, you know, whatever the case may be. For me, I mean, I'm I'm always just going to try to take positives out of it. 
So that's the uh, White Sox current ace, Dylan Cease, trying to stay positive. What do you think? I think that he sounds a little in the dark. I, I think he sounds a little bit on the outside looking in. He's a thoughtful guy. I like when we hear from Dylan Cease. He's been very accommodating. He writes poetry, for goodness sakes. He's somebody that he went to Vanderbilt. I, I, this is somebody who I think is owed constant communication, over-communication. I never understand how teams let key players who represent them so well spend so much time in the dark on key matters about their future. I don't know that you need to inform him of every last detail of every trade offer. But I do think that you want to avoid situations where they come forward and they're talking to uh, a podcast or doing an interview or going on social media and amplifying their the ambiguity. <laughs> That's not good for anybody. I would want Dylan Cease to be informed every day or once a week or keep the lines open. And it didn't sound like they were doing that, and I think that's unfortunate for everybody because I'd love to see him in Chicago, but it might be in everybody's best interest if he does move on. Well, it's just a man. He, he doesn't deserve any, you know, hey, we're talking to the Red Sox. Hey, we're talking to the Yankees. Hey, we're talking to the Do- what, he, Why does he deserve that? He, there's no special rules because he's doing He is your franchise is, pitcher. He, he's, he's not your face. franchise pitcher, David. He's no. He's he, he's not part of the. He, he's you know what he is. He's your franchise rebuilder. I was just mocked there. He, he just laughed at me. Marshall's I didn't. Laugh, Marshall's at laughing at you. Marshall's laughing at me. Or he's laughing at me. He's their ace. He's laughing at us, David. Okay. He's not their ace. He's somebody else's ace. The question is, is he is he somebody else's ace on opening day or is he somebody else's ace after the trade deadline? And is Dylan Cease really an ace? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was laughing in general at the thoughts that were being uh, shared with the general public. Exchange. Let's 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 just let's just start with this. If your ace has a four point five eight ERA, that tells me a lot about your standards. And that's what he's coming off of. Yeah, he finished second in the Cy Young voting two years ago. That was two years ago. He's on a one-year, $8 million contract. That's what he is. And that makes him highly movable. And at only $8 million, if he starts the season strong, you can get more for him, I would argue, than you can right now. So I would say this. Dylan Cease on the line? No. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise pitcher. This is a franchise that's clearly in rebuilding mode. You put Dylan Cease on a good team, and he is a Cy Young Award candidate. Almost, I mean, almost certain to be David, a guy David, who is a top-of-the-rotation starter, maybe even, unless he's on the Yankees with Garrett Cole, he would be the ace on many staffs. David, is he, is he, is he on a good team right now? No. Is, okay. so That's what I mean. Is that, I, that, That's why you're looking at it. Everybody wants to say Justin Fields struggles because of bad, bad offensive line and not enough weapons. Dylan Cease is terrible because the Sox stink. Oh, no, 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 no. Dylan Cease isn't terrible. I just said let's not call him a franchise pitcher. Yes, he has franchise stuff. Ace. Okay, he he is an ace. Put relative. on the Cubs. He's the ace. Uh, okay, maybe the Cubs should go get him. They got they, they go get him. They, they need moves, right? Cubs convention. Back to what you talked about with Chris Getz and what he was talking about. I listened to that teleconference. By the way, he said every team had inquired about Dylan Season. Of course, they should because they're like, maybe we can get him on the cheap. Guess what? You're not getting him on the cheap. That was the message. Chris Getz is like, yeah, everybody's asking about him. When y'all want to come correct, I'll listen. Until then, Dylan. 
Get ready for spring training. We will get your value up and ship you out when you're good enough to get a lot of stuff back. <laughs> and that's a pick six. It's a pick six as the Bulls take on the Wizards tonight in what promises to be an emotional night at the United Center with the Ring of Honor ceremony, which is more significant to the rest of this Bulls season. The continued breakthrough of Kobe White to the next level or Zach Levine's ability to adapt his game. Both are important. Both are significant in where this Bulls team is headed. And I think tonight's an opportunity. The Warriors are 17 and 20 and struggling. The Warriors are a team that you should beat tonight. The Warriors are reeling, trying to get the pieces back together and rediscover chemistry and working Draymond back in and all the things. The Warriors should be the Bulls' fourth straight victim. The Bulls can win tonight if Zach Levine is as good as he was the other night. That was really impressive against the Rockets. I I know that he wasn't always every defensive possession, maybe locked in, but he had some good ones. And he also had 25 and 13. This is somebody that is maybe continuing to adjust and adapt because he saw how good they were without him. And he also saw Kobe White breaking through. If I had to pick one, I think it's more significant for Kobe White to continue to break through and become a player that a lot of people look at as a potential all-star. Somebody who's under all-star consideration. He's having that kind of surge. And the other night, with 30 points, he showed you what he's capable of, even with Zach Levine in the lineup. I like this combination. I like the way they have uh, adjusted and adapted. And I think that continues tonight. And victory number four will get us to start looking at the standings once again because they're inching closer to 500. Max Levine is sort of like Dylan Cease. His future is with another team. His future is not here in Chicago. So the answer to this question is Kobe White. So I'll say this. I think they're both important. Um, Zach Levine's thing is important just because if you're going to move him, it'd be nice for him, uh, the team acquiring him to know that they can get a guy who can adapt to other guys around him. I think Kobe White's further along in doing what he's doing in terms of his breakout as far as Zach Levine giving us the very small sample size of one start since he's been back where he's done the things that make you say, oh, that's all around Zach Levine. Look at those three steals. Look at that defense. Look at that sharing his caring of the seven assists to go along with 13 rebounds in an overtime win over a team that was missing arguably two of its best three players in Lonzo Ball, or sorry, LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward. Sharing and caring? Yeah, sharing is caring. You don't know that? Wow. Yeah. Assists are important. What a sensitive it's, guy it's, you are. It's called team basketball. Meanwhile, Kobe White is doing his thing. And if I have to watch one more ISO play out of a timeout with less than 30 seconds to go, I will turn my TV off. That was Kobe White sat in the corner with his, hang, his head hanging low. Like, I know I'm not touching the ball this, this drive unless somebody rebounds and kicks it out to me. So... Let's work on that. How about that, Billy Donovan? Can you can you get that together? But uh, yeah, Zach Levine's ability to adapt—it's important. But Kobe White, he's he's well on his way, and and Levine is showing off for other teams at this point, and that's fine. That's fine. Oh, I want to. You're not you're you're not setting me up to answer the right question. Hmm, that's the voice of Scotty Pippen. Michael Jordan sent a video message rather than attending the Bulls Ring of Honor gala last night. Thank you to, to the fans as well as, you know, once again, I want to thank Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf for, for doing this and congratulate the other recipients. Man, I'm bummed I can't be there, but I will always be a Chicago Bull and I want them to continually do well. 
I like to see other banners in the rafters, and I hope the city can always be proud of the Chicago Bulls. Will the Ring of Honor ceremony tonight at the UC ring hollow with MJ not there? Fair question. I don't think this is what the Bulls had in mind when they planned this, uh, and they gave them six weeks' notice, so I guess I understand it, but I don't think they planned on waking up the Friday morning of the big ceremony at the United Center in the back page of the Sun-Times having crying Michael Jordan on it. And a lot of people wondering if it does ring hollow. I, I'm not one of those guys. I get it, though. I understand the disappointment. It doesn't diminish it for me. I would love to be there tonight. I'm going. If, and Michael Jordan show up as a surprise, and that place would be electric. I hope Scottie Pippen gets there. I hope Dennis Rodman shows up. But I, I, don't, I, I don't know that you can ruin a party – by not being there, I, it, it's disappointing. I, I'm not going to begrudge anybody's feeling that way. And, you know, Chicago has probably always loved Michael Jordan more than Michael Jordan's loved Chicago, at least showing them the love. And I think that's another example. This is the latest example. So I probably, lesson learned, I would have gone to Michael Jordan and said, hey, Mike, when are you free? What day can you be here? Because we're going to plan an entire event, a campaign around your presence because if you can commit then great they didn't do that they put it together in six weeks it still can be a great event and last night was still a special evening for the people who participated so they didn't diminish it for them i understand why fans would be disappointed though if michael jordan had the time and effort to get down to houston and watch the natty in person and hang out with Steven screaming a Smith, then he should be able to make the effort to be here in Chicago for the fans, for his teammates on that 72 and 10 team. It rings absolutely hollow. Okay. And why, why would you put the video out now? The video shouldn't be, I feel like, it's out there, so I don't, like, if, it, well, you're a hypocrite, Dustin. You're playing the audio. We're, we're playing the audio because it's out there for everybody to consume. Yeah. But I think the Bulls made a mistake. This audio, it, it, at the gala last night, if, if you think you needed to play it, then fine. And then it's embargoed, and you ask everybody there, don't take out your phone, like, embargo it, and you play it tomorrow night at halftime. That, that's what you do. And where's Scottie Pippen? Where's his video? Where's Dennis? Is Crowbar still a thing? I'm a little too old now. I used to see Rodman <laughs> at the Crowbar and at the Hollywood Casino back in the day. Um, Hollywood Casino still a thing, but is Crowbar still a thing? I, I don't know. Anyway. I'm, a, I'm an old person. 312-644-6767. Crowbar is still a thing. But, like, where's Rod? Like, if you, you don't have that trifecta from the second three-peat, it totally rings hollow. If I didn't see Michael Jordan in that box on Monday night, at the national championship game, understanding he's in perfectly good health, having a good old time, then maybe my answer would be different than the one I'm going to say right now. It absolutely 100% rings hollow, and you could put it on MJ. You could put it on the Bulls for throwing this together. I don't want to say haphazardly because I don't know what the planning was exactly, but this is like one of those things you plan a year in advance. That's how special it should be to the city of Chicago. I don't know why it's so long overdue for the greatest players and members of this organization to be honored, but when you roll out the red carpet for the guys being honored, everything should be planned perfectly. 
And if you don't have Michael Jordan there, if you have Michael Jordan there and you don't have Scottie Pippen there, if you don't have Dennis Rodman there, it is a colossal failure in the eyes of fans. I'm not saying it's a failure amongst all the other people being celebrated. I'm just saying you're going to have people out there in what could be blizzard-like conditions making their way to United Center from all over to come see their guys being honored. And as far as the video being put out on social media by the Bulls themselves, it gives me the indication he absolutely better show up tonight in some kind of surprise way. Or else, yes, the organization looks uh, foolhardy at best. Sure, there are a lot of questions about the future. Nobody's thought about the future. Bill Belichick held a press conference confirming he is parting amicably with the Patriots. What's next for the hoodie? And did the three years of struggles after Tom Brady tarnish the legacy of the coach who won a record six Super Bowls? We're short on time, so I'll make this quick. I think that you can uh, look at it as it, it informed your opinion. I mean, it was hard for him to win without Tom Brady, and that was telling, and that will – Definitely maybe change some people's opinions, but I don't think it tarnishes the legacy of somebody who won six Super Bowls. And that, to me, will be enough to qualify him as the most successful head coach in NFL history. And being that, that's quite a legacy. He couldn't win without one without Brady, but could Brady have won six without Belichick? I don't know. I doubt it. I know he can win one. I know he can win one, but I don't think he won six. But I think that Belichick will coach probably – the, guard, the commanders aren't interested, so maybe it is Atlanta. The command, how, how are you not interested in Bill Belichick? I mean, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm just reporting. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, but David, it's a sports talk radio show. It's not a, it's not a sports update. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, but I mean, serious, this goes back, this even goes back to the Eberflus thing, and I'm sorry that we're short on time, but it's, you know, a blizzard's coming, hell with the clock. Um, this is an unbelievable merry-go-round of head coaching right now, and the Bears are sitting on Matt Eberflus. It's it's crazy. But, yeah, I, I mean, Bill Bel- if Bill Belichick is sitting on college game day with Nick Saban next year, I'll be floored if that's what he's doing. I'll be watching. It, 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 or he's on <laughs> Sunday Night Football, right, if he if he's sitting next to Florio on Sunday Night Football on NBC, right? I, I, or if he's with, you know, Boomer and JB on CBS. I don't know if Fox the, can afford him, so I don't know if he's going over there. They got the Brady deal to pay for. Well, they're the <laughs> NFC, right? So yes, the yes. AFC would make some more sense, even though Bill had success in the NFC with the Giants. But um, I, I love, David, how you crafted this question, too, the, the hoodie. You know, what's next for – the hoodie. I, I loved yesterday. I saw a tweet from Dunkin' Donuts, and you know, America runs on Dunkin', Chicago runs on Dunkin', but it was like a hoodie koozie on top of a coffee, a Dunkin' coffee. Really cool uh, social media piece right there. Listen, the three years of struggles did not tarnish the legacy of a guy who wins a championship on average every four years in a more competitive NFL than it's ever been, where we talk about parity every year. So if you're good every year in the sense that he was, until those last three years, then you're good. He had an eight and nine season last year. He had a four and thirteen season, his worst ever this past season. But I think I think he's good. I think he can walk down any street and people be like, "There goes the goat right there." He's cool. He's Marshall Harris. He's in for Mully today. The extra point is next. We're going to take a look ahead at the super duper wild card weekend in the NFL. It's Mully and Haas, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the school. Set up this extra point. 
It's time for the Extra Point with Mullion Haw on 670 The Score. Super Wild Card Weekend. Okay, there will be five games over the next two days of the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend with another one Monday night. You'll hear a lot of those and all three of them right here on The Score on Sunday. If you had to pick one upset, what would it be? What's the best game? And as the playoffs begin, who are your picks to win the NFC and AFC and represent their leagues in Las Vegas? Well, I think that the upset would be, you, you know, the Rams are getting three against the Lions. I think that the Rams are going to go into Detroit and beat the Campbells and send them home, and they're going to be a lot of disappointed people in Motown because I just don't see – I don't trust the Lions. I don't think the Lions are a trendy – Super Bowl pick. I know that it might be trendy to pick the Bucks as an upset special because the Eagles are reeling and there'll be other possibilities this week and you look at and if you're betting and you look at the Steelers getting 10, that's tempting as well. But in terms of an upset, I believe that it'll be the Rams going into Ford Field and Matthew Stafford having a triumphant return back in a place where he played very well and put together what could be a Hall of Fame worthy career. That Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame? Start thinking about that one, Marshall, as your ears perk up. So I think Rams beat the Lions. The best game, the best game would probably be over the weekend. I think it's going to be a Browns-Texans game that I'm really curious about because of the experience versus the newbie. Flacco versus C.J. Stroud. Flacco has 10 playoff victories, so I think Browns-Texans intrigues me more than the others. I'm not that, you know, Chiefs-Dolphins in the cold. Yeah, I guess that's kind of interesting. But I'm looking at Browns and Texans. And as far as the picks, I know it's trendy to go with chalk, and I I do that sometimes. But I think the Bills are coming in hot. (sighs) I think the Bills are coming in hot. I know you probably like that as a Bills guy. I do. And I think they survived the Steelers, and they're, they're headed in the right direction. I like the way they're playing right now. So I'm going Bills in the AFC, and I am sick and kind of chalky. I think the 49ers and everybody else, as far as the playoff field goes, and I think it's going to be the 49ers in the NFC. All right, David, I like where you're going with uh, with all of that. I, I need a little I need a little clarification though, because I want to answer these correctly. What's the best game? Is that the game that I'm personally looking forward to? The game that I think is going to be most competitive? I mean, how do you define most compelling? Most compelling. Most compelling. Okay. Maybe competitive. All right. Thank you. All right. Let, let's start with the upset. Here's my upset. The Bucks are going to beat the Eagles. And here's why. The quarterback hasn't thrown a ball. And he's not been playing well. And I think the locker room is fractured. And I think that a guy like Nick Sirianni, if he were to lose to Tant, he's gone. And, and David... The next game that you mentioned, but, uh, the uh, Rams and the Lions, if Campbell loses, could they fire him? Never. He can't get – no, but I mean, he, he's not your guy to go – he got them to B, but he's not your B to A guy. And could those be destinations for a Bill Belichick? Philadelphia and the Lions, Ooh. could those be destinations? Because he's a guy – that could get in a short amount of time, if your window's short, get you from B to A. Now, as a Bears fan, that game obviously is compelling. But 
I want to see. I'm not also. I, I'm not going to go as far as Jaquan Brisker went, or as far as Jalen Johnson went, and totally trash the Packers' offense. But I want to see what Jordan Love can do against the Cowboys at Jerry's World because they're a different team at Jerry's World and the Packers are a different team away from Lambeau. So let's find out how good Jordan Love is on the road at Jerry's World. Could be a very scary outcome for Bears fans, but let's see what happens. And David, I might go more chalky than you because you are Mr. Chalkity Chalk 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 usually. I... Somebody's got to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the AFC champs until they're not the AFC champs. And I think they take care of the Dolphins, and part of that's going to be the weather. And I don't know how you pick against the 49ers right now. I, I, if the Cowboy, if Cowboys on the road, they can't do it. And, and, you know, Rams, they might be out of gas if they do do what a lot of us think and take care of the Lions. So I like a Chiefs, 49ers, Las Vegas Super Bowl, and gosh, would America love that. Yep. Yeah, uh, Taylor Swift and her fans will love it as well. Uh, oh, that would be awesome. Listen. Will she play at the Sphere before? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I don't have an update on that. I could tell you uh, I'm all the way with you on the uh, Buccaneers blasting the Eagles in Tampa Bay. Uh, the Eagles have lost five of their last six games to teams like the Cardinals and the Gi- I mean, the game against the Giants, to me, was all telling. We don't know if their receiving core is going to be healthy for that game. We talk about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and what they're going to be able to do. And Nick Sirianni is going to lose his job. He's going to become the most successful coach in the NFL to ever be fired. Three seasons, playoffs, Super Bowl appearance, and he's out of here because other guys are available that can get the job done in what he called a fractured locker room. All these are compelling to me. You've got Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City, talking about, I guess those guys are too popular for me. I haven't heard back from him on Travis Kelsey and uh, his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, former quarterback. I love another upset. I love C.J. Stroud against the Browns at home, the Texans playing a game. I like the Lions to beat the Rams. Uh, that place is going to be a madhouse. They get to host a playoff game. I know. That, that place is going to be a madhouse. A long time and ago. I do love the Jordan Love against the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World. If he does it there, oh my. the Bears are in trouble. Bears are in trouble. The Bears are in yeah. a lot of trouble. That's, that's and true. And the Bills are going to blow out the Steelers, yeah. Yeah, and they are. As far as my picks, yep. uh, give me the Bills and give me the Niners and give me the Bills saying, we remember when, and they're going to win their first Super Bowl. You never And forget. I'm not even being biased. I'm just saying Josh Allen's on that tear. You can hear every game of NFL Super Wildcard Weekend right here on the score. You can listen to every game free on the Odyssey app. Tune in to the score beginning tomorrow when the Browns visit the Texans. Coverage begins at 3, then Sunday, the wildcard triple header. Steelers at Bills, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions prime time. Sunday's triple header coverage begins at 11.30 on the score. Take the NFL playoffs wherever you go with 670 the score and the free Odyssey app. 312-644-6767. What are you looking forward to in the super-duper wildcard weekend? And what do you think about the Bears' offensive coordinator search? We will have an update on that and some problems inherently with the process. Marshall Harrison for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a sense of urgency. You know, I think that's important uh, to gather the information, and uh, we're going to get started right away. You know, so we're just starting the process right now. Um, you know, of course, you know, we've been, uh, you know, it's important that we do a really good job 
of you know gathering the information, but also you know taking our time to be able to digest that and make a great decision. So we're going to do that. Welcome back. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marshall Harris in for Mully today. That was Matt Eberflus talking about the offensive coordinator search. And before we get to the phone lines, Marshall, the Bears are underway in the process of interviewing offensive coordinator candidates, or at least identifying the list of candidates. Shane Waldron from the Seahawks was reported on uh, Thursday. And overnight, Clint Kubiak, the passing game coordinator for the 49ers, joined the list. Two guys who have experience uh, in proven systems. They come from offensive trees that are respected around the league. I don't have an issue at all with those candidates. I think they're both very good in terms of the caliber of candidate you're looking for. What concerns me about the process is that the, the first question may be, what quarterback am I going to be coaching? But I, I don't know if that's even the first question. Actually, the first question might be, wait, I can't bring my own offensive line coach? Wait, you want me to join your staff and call your plays and install my offense, but I have to keep Chris Morgan? Why? What's the reason for that? I think when you talk about seasoned play callers and offensive coordinators, everybody's got a guy. Everybody's got a, a, a staff of their own in mind. And I think when you make that a prerequisite for the offensive coordinator you're seeking, you're not doing it right. You're not giving total freedom to the new offensive coordinator to install his system with his guys. And the offensive line means so much to this phase of Bears football that it surprises me that they would do it this way. That concerns me, frankly, more than the incompatibility of the rookie uh, coming in for a lame duck coach and all the things, because I think if the player is good enough, he's going to transcend those concerns. But I do think that the offensive line thing is odd. You can describe it as odd, but I'll say this. Uh, if, if they have faith in their offensive line coach and the future of their offense, I, I think we all know they're going to add to the offensive line in terms of talent, whether that be through the draft, whether that be through free agency, because they still have a lot of cap room. I think my bigger concern is can, can this guy, whoever they hire, adapt to different QB's talents? Like whether it's, you know, like – you see a lot of times uh, when a team, we just saw this past season, when a team's starting quarterback goes down, what does the backup do in that situation? Can he keep you in the game or do things get really ugly? And we saw like in, in Minnesota, right, for a time, they were able to kind of stay afloat mm-hmm. before, you know, losing the final few games of the season. They were in the playoff race till the very end because they could do enough at quarterback. Tyson Bajan is shown as a backup quarterback. Hey, he went two and two. I think any any quarterback that can go five hundred in your starting quarterback is that's a good backup. That's a good backup. That's what you're looking for. That's that's what you're just looking for. Somebody yeah. to kind of just roll with the punches and steady the ship right. and give you a chance to win. They had a chance to win three of those four games. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Snow's beginning to fall. Let's uh, start the conversation with Steve, who is in Naperville, where I'm sure it's it's falling at a at a pretty high rate. Good morning, Steve. Welcome, Mullen Haw. Good morning. It's brutal out here, but uh, anyway, um, 
if Dan Campbell loses and the Lions lose uh, this weekend, why wouldn't the Lions hire Jim Harbaugh and draft J.J. McCarthy and extend the party a little bit? I don't get that. I, I don't, Steve, I appreciate the phone call. I don't understand the Dan Campbell uh, hate here. I, Dan Campbell is potentially the NFL coach of the year. I mean, he could be the NFL coach of the year. Stefanski in the AFC, Dan Campbell in the NFC. And I I just think you got to give him his due. They're not firing Dan Campbell if they lose to the Rams, are they? I think Harbaugh's it, not going to Detroit. I think it depends on what happens in that game. I remember, it's not just about wins and losses. It's how you win. Like a, Nick Sirianni, they could like if he gets beat by two touchdowns Dif- in Tampa Bay. Different. What different? He's been in the playoffs different. three seasons and been to the Super Bowl just last year. Does Philadelphia things that franchise has won a Super Bowl and fired a guy three years later? I mean, they. It's a different. Okay. It's the different standard. Work with me, David. Work with me on this. If you have a team that is good and you have a coach that has gotten them to a certain level, but you're not sure if he can get you to the top level because the goal is not to make the playoffs or win the division. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. And other coaches, as you have pointed out, are out there that have better credentials or you think can get you further. Why wouldn't you go – the route of say I don't know Jed Hoyer, and just get the best guy available. Like when your guy becomes available, yeah, you just go it. get your guy. I get it, but like who's who's replacing Dan Campbell? What are they thinking in Detroit that Jim Harbaugh is going to come to coach the Lions? I, you I, say I, it like I, wait, 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 wait. Why, why, so. why is the Lions not an attractive I, job? I, I don't think they're looking to get rid of Dan Campbell. I don't, I, think, I, Dan, I don't think Dan Campbell is their David Ross or but, or Ricky Renteria or but that's not whoever. That's not what you just said. You just said he's going to come coach the Lions. Like that was the audacity of it. It's an NFL head coaching job. Yeah, they but, have talent on the roster. I, I don't think that makes sense to me. Dan Campbell has transformed that culture. Like him or hate him, you have to respect what he's done. And I have more respect for what he's done to think that I've not even thought about potential replacements for Dan Campbell. But you've thought about replacements for Nick Sirianni. Yeah, because Philadelphia fired coach at three years after the Super Bowl. Detroit is climbing, and Philadelphia is already there trying to be sustaining. There's a different approach to everything in Philadelphia and Detroit. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand it. I'm very familiar with Detroit and the brown paper bags over fans' heads back in the Silverdome. I'm very familiar with the success in Philadelphia having lived there for over a decade. But I'm just telling you, when you get your chance, you you take your chance. And that's why so many people were upset that Matt Eberflus was coming back because they were just like, it, it, it becomes a sense. Let's look at the American economy, right? It becomes a sense of like, I'm so beaten down. I'm just trying to survive versus, yo, this is not right. We're going to make changes. You got to make it. You got to make a decision. Are you trying to make changes or are you just trying to survive? I will continue this conversation when we get back. Also, I want to have a deeper dive into the whole quarterback issue because I think we might be overthinking it. Or are we overthinking it? Marshall Harris in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.